Okay, welcome back, everyone. Another episode of your ex-boyfriend's podcast. This is episode 14. A couple things in old business. First off, well, part of this is old business, and part of this is future as yet to happen business. I want to say congratulations to my good friend Alex and his very soon-to-be wife, Caitlin. The old business part of that is we just did his bachelor party yesterday, (laughs) and the future part of that is they are getting married this coming weekend. So congratulations to the two of you, and I'm saying it now because I think both of you listen to this podcast, (laughs) and this is the last episode before you both tie the knot. Holy matrimony. Here we go. In other news, aka old news, multiple people have reached out to me this last week uh, that I hadn't heard from uh, since I started doing this podcast, and and they revealed that they either had started listening or had caught all the way up to where I currently am. Um, you know who you are, uh, <laughs> but what whatever whatever stage of listening you're in, whether you've just started or whether you're catching back up or you're a constant weekly listener, again, I just have to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for supporting me and for caring about what I'm doing with this podcast. It means a great deal to me. And like I've said before, that is one of the primary reasons I'm doing this, is for anybody who is listening, who is finding this useful, helpful, inspiring, motivational, entertaining, you know, funny, (laughs) whatever it does for you, I don't care. You are the reason that I'm doing this. And then also, as I might have mentioned, a little bit for me. Just a little bit. <laughs> uh, so thank you. That All that to say was thank you. So this episode, number 14, Carpe Dism. In the words of the illustrious J-Rock, J to the R-O-C, Carpe Dism. <laughs> Seize the Dizzy. <laughs> uh So, what are we talking about? I recently listened to an interview with my favorite actor, one of my favorite people in the whole world, even though I've never met him, and I I don't really know him as a person. (laughs) Hugh Jackman, for anybody who has talked to me about Hugh Jackman, knows how much I like him uh, for all all sorts of reasons. Um, So only natural that I would have people in my life sending me interviews uh, 
with with Hugh Jackman. <laughs> and thank you. Um, the interview was kind of a long form dealio with Tom Ferris. I think that's his name. We're gonna ha- maybe have to edit that in post <laughs> with Tom Ferris, just asking all sorts of like pretty deep, uh, meaningful. questions about all sorts of things and one one of the uh, subjects that they touched on that that definitely got me thinking was uh how how much of of hugh jackman's career he attributes to being open to opportunity to saying yes to things that he didn't feel that he had any right to say yes to or didn't feel qualified for um and how the times in which he found himself over planning or over analyzing uh trying to worry um about what was going to happen and stick to a plan you know basically mitigate risk the, the that was when he was you know feeling as if he wasn't doing the right thing or he felt like he was going against his gut or it just ended up not being the best thing for him uh, in the long run. So it got me thinking definitely about how people in a lot of cases, a great many people that I know, I think that we all know, tend to do that. Uh, First and foremost for me is me. (laughs) I definitely have that tendency. For for those who are familiar with the Myers-Briggs, personality test uh you know how it separates you know based off of the hundred or whatever questions it it separates you into um one of 16 categories of people for those who don't know the myers-briggs personality test has been around forever and it asks you all sorts of different questions about how you think and act and react and communicate and it then uh, takes all that information that you provide and puts you into a category. Uh, and it is essentially a um, personality archetype. So with that, every single time I have ever taken that test, I have gotten the exact same personality type. And that is the INTJ. For those of you who don't know, it used to be called, and I'm using quotes here, the mastermind now i think they might have thought that that sounded too goofy (laughs) like a super villain they changed it to the architect one of the overriding primary core personality traits of the architect is the constant need to analyze and collate data and absorb facts in order to create a plan in order to prevent uh, negative outcomes in order to understand the world around them they are always looking for information that reminds me of a of a quote from sherlock holmes i don't know if it was the original book that this was written in it definitely was in the movie with robert downey jr he says, data, data, data. 
I cannot make bricks without clay. And that is like, that runs through my head on a daily basis. Give me data. One of the greatest pleasures for an INTJ is formulating an accurate picture of us, of someone or a situation or an event to get the data, to create the picture, to have it be correct and to have the satisfaction of knowing that you did that. <laughs> Man, how many times has that, has that happened for me? And I want to know if that's happened uh, with anybody else. Anybody who, who is INTJ, please hit me up because it is one of the rarest, according to the Myers-Briggs thing, it's one of the rarest personality types. I want to say it was like less than 2% of the population. And I've never met another one. At least I've never met anybody. I've never met anybody who knows that they were one. I want to talk and see if we're both weird in the same way. But I'm getting a little off track here. Um, so with the interview with Hugh Jackman, uh, that got me thinking about how that mentality, how the tendency to plan and analyze and mitigate is often at odds with being open to opportunity and trusting your gut and letting opportunity take you and understanding that outcomes may not be as bad as you think they may be if you don't plan or that they don't matter in the way that you think they matter. For me, and I've noticed in others, overanalyzing and overplanning is sort of an an egotistical defense mechanism against negative outcomes and pain i guess um i think it's it's pretty much it's hubris to think that everything can be accounted for and every hurt mitigated you know every wound avoided this <laughs> this doesn't exist i think logically if if everyone who who has this tendency were to sit down and think about it that would be the logical conclusion is it possible to account for everything no <laughs> no not even a little bit but we try and i'm very guilty in this it got me thinking about when i was in my early 20s and I'll, if you've listened to this podcast uh, kind of in the early episodes, I believe I spoke about my um, struggles in that time period, my early 20s, in which I was making numerous uh, decisions that weren't weren't good for me, or I had, you know, fallen into some circumstances that, you know, definitely created challenge after challenge. I was facing a lot of my own um, inner challenges, personal things that I you know, sort of dealt with or hadn't dealt with or definitely would need to deal with in the future. And I was facing the, the consequences of my own actions in a lot of ways. Um, and during that time, I, I think w that was when I developed this tendency to try to uh, plan for everything. I explained it one time. Uh, man, I can't even remember who I was talking to. If you remember me telling you this, please please reach out. 
to whoever it is, a friend or an ex or family member. Anyway, I remember uh, explaining it like this. There's a concept in uh, strategy video games in which you uh, don't show your hand, basically, until you are reasonably certain of victory. It's called turtling, uh, essentially meaning you uh, play very uh, cautiously and defensively, very little aggression, with the purpose of once you do reveal your hand, you have every chance in your corner to win. You are as sure as you can be a victory. Now, this is a great strategy in some some video games because it, especially if your opponent doesn't know what you're doing, like they don't have uh, adequate intelligence, reconnaissance, it definitely can result in you being a steamroller once you, you know, show your hand once you leave the the fortress walls <laughs> uh they don't know what's coming and they're not ready for it and you steamroll and it works great however the other option for that that you don't want the negative outcome is you spend all your time turtling getting ready uh preparing planning and then once you roll out, ready to go, you find that your opponent has expanded to all the other corners of the map. They have every other conceivable advantage gained by being aggressive and inquisitive and curious and uh, quick on their feet and uh, adaptive to change. And uh, it results in all of your resources and time being squandered on this one massive push. If you fail, there's no backup plan. You spent all that you had on, on, on the plan. You gave everything in your pool of resources, whatever those resources may be, you put everything into this one as perfect as it could be push and if that doesn't work you end up you know up shit creek with no paddle now there are there are, in 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 gaming in strategy games there's proponents of both strategies but what it doesn't work for is life because at least in my own experience as i've gotten older I realized that the turtling method does a couple things. It makes you hyper-dependent on that plan going to plan. <laughs> it prevents you from make, making connection with other people, potential friends, potential allies. Networking is almost non-existent it keeps you from the outside world in a sense that by you not wanting others to see you or to perceive of your own failure or your own you know shortcomings 
it also prevents you from seeing other people. And I think as we all can agree, humans thrive on connection with each other. Humans are a community animal. We are a pack animal. And without the community, without the pack, it is a lot harder to survive and it is nigh on impossible to thrive. So, with that being the case, I think there is a happy medium. Of course there is. <laughs> I feel like so many topics we've covered in this podcast boil down to that. There is a gray area. There is a happy medium. There is a balance. And extremes are generally not a good idea. Some amount of forethought and action and planning is healthy and wise. I think we can all get on board with that. Having no concept of what is to come, having no plans for um, negative outcomes, flying by the seat of your pants, generally, that's not a good way to go forward 100% of the time. Because we all know that there are plenty of times in our lives where having a plan, having projected an outcome, having thought about what could happen, the consequences of your actions saved you. was a good idea. That happens all the time. It's foolish to not look into the future. But like I said, extremes are bad. And that means that you also have to understand that chaos is guaranteed. And the expectation that you can account for every eventuality is complete folly. There is no way that you can account for that. And, and acting and, and thinking as if you are able to predict and plan for every negative outcome is a recipe for disaster. And I would argue leads to a lot of bitterness, anger, um, any, any range of negative emotion when things don't go to plan, when things don't go how you want them to, or if you've sunk even more into the plan when things don't go how you need them to, and then what happens? Bad stuff. I have a great example of this recently, like very recently. Like I said, my very close friend Alex is getting married this coming weekend. So we did his bachelor party yesterday. And as his best man, oh, I guess I didn't mention that. I'm the best man. Uh, as the best man, I was in charge of planning the bachelor party. Something I've done before, I felt very confident in my ability to put on a great bachelor party with all the people that he wanted to invite and have it be something memorable and awesome for everyone involved. So with that being said, he and I did a little bit of uh, brainstorming a couple months ago, like two, two and a half months ago, and we came up with the idea that I was going to plan a trip to a cabin in the North Cascades, we were going to stay there for two nights, and one of the days, which would have been yesterday, we were going to take 
an ATV tour, like a guided four by four tour, all nine of us with a tour guide. So 10 people total, uh, through the mountains, catered lunch. Uh, it was going to be awesome. And then we would have all come back today, this morning. Um, so I, I set everything up. I had the Airbnb, the cabin all set up. Um, I coordinated the tour, which was pretty loosey goosey just with the tour company. Um, I guess that was just kind of the way that they do things. So the activity, the lodging was all set. I got everybody on board, collected payment, made sure everybody's schedules worked. That was one of the big things was having a day or two, actually two days that everyone could make it and flights were scheduled and drives were scheduled and carpooling was arranged and everything was set to go. So fast forward to, I want to say it was Tuesday or Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. The tour company calls me and says, Hey, we can't do the tour. We've had multiple breakdowns in our fleet of ATVs and we cannot get parts in time for you guys on Saturday. Crap. So that's out the window. Their consolation, I guess, to that was, oh, you know what? We can do a whitewater rafting expedition instead. Uh, and it won't cost you anything else. In fact, it's cheaper, so you'll get refunded part of what you paid for the ATV tours or, or ATV tour, and, and it'll still be a good time. So thus began the coordination of the backup plan. <laughs> the next day, Thursday, I get a call, or rather I get a message from the Airbnb. Oh, hey, we had our septic tank explode and we cannot get a plumber in time to fix it for saturday for friday this was literally the day before for for tomorrow so you can't stay with us here's your refund well shit and mind you this is all occurring during during daylight hours and i'm currently working day shift so now I'm trying to find another place to stay and coordinate maybe a backup tour fun thing to do plan. Long story short, I tried to book another B&B. They didn't like the fact that we were a bachelor party. That fell through. It was literally the day before we needed to reserve a place. So as you can imagine, there's very few available that hold, that have capacity for nine people and enough beds to not make it awkward. <laughs> so... That doesn't work. And then the tour guide or the owner of the tour company is like, you could stay at my place, which I think, oh, hey, we've been saved. Now we're going to do that and stay with him and do the, the rafting thing. Oh, guess what? I, we can only stay there for a day. So the option for that would be stay with him for a day, pack everything up, move to another, you know, as yet undecided location to stay for the second night. All in all, it just proved to be too much and too last minute and everything fell through. So we did, for the bachelor party, none of the original plan. And I was hot about it. Like, I had sunk two months of planning and coordination into making this awesome thing happen. And none of it was going to happen. 
I was pissed off. Not at anyone in particular, because everything that happened was outside of anyone's control. Nobody had messed up. Nobody involved had, you know, done anything to create this this new problem. But I had planned and expected, man, and as we all know, tempering your expectations and being able to manage disappointment is a crucial part of being an adult. <laughs> I had expected everything to go to plan. And then at the very last minute, none of it was going to plan. So as you can imagine, for someone like me, I was I was wound up. <laughs> In the end, we had a couple other members of the uh, uh, wedding party, a couple of the other groomsmen come through and help plan the backup. And I sort of let go of the reins, which was hard for me. But I had reached a point where I was unable to be effective as I was trying to handle this stuff from work off of my phone and the battery on my phone is terrible. And a lot of the day I spend with not great service. So I was on top of, you know, having to do my actual job trying to handle this and it was not working out. So I let go of the reins. I said to the groom, I said to Alex, whatever you want to do, it does not matter. I will facilitate and I will make it happen along with these, you know, couple of other people who are helping. And that's what we did. In the end, we all went out to dinner Friday night, just to a local brewery, had a good time. And Saturday, we got up semi-early, we went to a gun range, just had fun farting around because none of us are very good. Shot some rounds, um, went to another brewery, had lunch, went to a Mariners game. Watched the Mariners get their asses handed to them, as always, you know. That's kind of a tradition for the Mariners. They just lose every game. In the end, Alex was happy. Or at least he seemed happy. <laughs> he had everybody around him that he wanted. And we were all there to celebrate him. And we spent the whole day together just exactly like we would have done, you know, wherever in the North Cascades on an ATV tour. The most important thing for him was that we were all there and having a good time. For me, bachelor party wasn't about me. <laughs> but the most important thing for me was that all of my closest friends, the five of us that I talked about in episode five of this podcast, were together in the same room for the first time and I don't even know how long. It has been years. I, I cannot pinpoint when the last time we were all together was. Maybe 2016, something like that. Long time ago. And the point of all this was that it didn't matter what we did. The fact that we were there, the five of us, and yes, there were others, but please don't be offended. I just don't know you that well. <laughs> the, the five of us were there together for quality time. It didn't matter that we hadn't done a single thing that I had planned 
the opportunity to come together for everybody to celebrate one of us having this great you know moment in their life that's what mattered there's a saying i think it was um one of the roman philosophers who was it seneca i think it was seneca they said luck is where preparation meets opportunity and i think this is a perfect example of you know this entire idea of you know planning versus letting go it's somewhere in the middle there's a middle ground and those moments that you remember are in that middle ground where you've done enough to prepare you've done enough to plan for success but when things go awry when a wrench gets thrown into the machinery you're able to adapt you're able to change direction you're able to go left when you should have gone right or <laughs> that's not what i meant <laughs> you're able to divert from going left because you should have gone right <laughs> ah that made no sense i mean that's <sighs> sorry that was a bug that's that's where the good stuff is and i guess i really don't have a a fun like you know nice way to wrap this up i just think that's something we should all be we should all you know consider on a regular basis whether you lean to one side or the other whether you over plan or whether you never plan carpe dism seize the day that's the middle ground you know, I was going to call this episode plan to fail because we, I think we've all heard that, that saying, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And I do understand what it's saying. You know, if, if you don't prepare yourself, you are preparing yourself to fail. And I get that like that, that that's not something I necessarily disagree with, but why I wanted to call it plan to fail is I think we should all understand that failure is inevitable. It's going to happen. Things are, are outside of your control and sometimes they're going to fuck you up. So plan to not succeed. Sometimes plan to fail, plan to be disappointed, plan to be hurt. It's going to happen. So why not be ready? But with that knowledge, understand that it is equally as likely for things to go right for things to be positive for there to be joy for you to succeed and if you are able to toe that middle ground if you're able to live somewhere between planning and opportunity i think you're going to have a good time and it's something that i am challenged with on a daily basis Something I historically have struggled with that I'm trying to improve. So, I think that'll go ahead and wrap up this week's episode. A little bit shorter. A little bit casual. I guess I'm still coming down off of the bachelor party yesterday. So, I wasn't 100% ready to record an episode today. But, 
That being said, I think this is a great opportunity to say one last time, congratulations to Alex and Caitlin. I know that everybody at the bachelor party yesterday was extremely happy for you, Alex. We were all glad to be there and we were all glad to be together. Uh, in the end, it proved to be a great time and I'm glad we could celebrate you in any way, shape or form. Uh, I know I'm looking forward to next weekend and I, as you know, as we talked about, you can count on me to be there and make it in any way that I can make it the best weekend for you and your bride to be. So on that note, I would just like to remind everyone your ex-boyfriend's podcast can be heard on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, or is it Apple Podcasts? I think it's Apple Podcasts. That's iTunes. We'll just say iTunes. Uh, Amazon Music, Player FM, oh, iHeartRadio. Man, I think that's it. I think I got them. <laughs> yeah, you can listen to it all over the place. And as always, you can listen to it on Podbean if you have the app or any web browser, justicetenna.podbean.com. If you want to reach out and be a part of this podcast, if you have ideas, if you want to send me ridiculous emails with YouTube video clips and suggestive imagery and, and catchphrase ideas, you can reach me at your exbf podcast at gmail.com. That's your xbf podcast at gmail.com. Also, feel free to reach out on Instagram. I have one social media account, and that's Instagram, your underscore EXBF underscore podcast. If you want to be on the podcast, please absolutely reach out. I am definitely getting to the point where guests are the next thing on my mind. I have ideas for the following couple episodes after this, but I want to have somebody on the podcast. If you like what you hear, if you have something to say, if you also have a podcast and you want to cross-promote with me, reach out and we'll get it set up because I think the next stage of this whole project that I'm working on with your ex-boyfriend's podcast is talking to other people. You guys have heard me talk for 14 episodes now. <laughs> I think maybe 15 is the max before everybody starts getting tired of, hear of hearing what I have to say or listening to just me. <laughs> so reach out and we'll set it up. I think that's going to do it. So until next Sunday, stay safe out there. Enjoy this amazing weather. And as always, good mental health. Take care.